listening to Have the Conversation Podcast, a podcast centered around mental health, wellness, and everything in between. I'm Kala. And I'm Leanne. We're sitting down with everyday people to talk about life and the lessons they've learned, all in an effort to connect and stay encouraged. Some topics we discuss on the show can trigger individuals, and Leanne and I thought it would be responsible to acknowledge the sensitivity of the material we're about to discuss. An article in High Times mentioned that 20% of veterans who served in Iraq or Afghanistan suffer from some degree of post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. And according to that same article, present day, no reliable pharmaceutical treatments exist for PTSD, but cannabis has been shown to provide relief. And while some doctors in the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs turn a blind eye to their patients' use of marijuana, others take a hard stance against it, and federal law makes it illegal to prescribe cannabis as a treatment. But our guest is ambitious and started a program in Canada that helps veterans get medical marijuana prescriptions and provides a communal setting for them to recover. We hope you enjoy getting to know Fabian Henry, his organization's Marijuana for Trauma House. For a list of information, ways to connect with Fabian, tools and resources for treatment, and more, please refer to the show description of this episode or connect with us on our various social media platforms where we will continue to share information and education for this and all of our episodes. Tell us where your military story begins. Sure, sure. Um, well, first, uh, you know, I come from a coal mining community uh, and hardworking values, uh, you know. Um, and if you didn't go to university and, and do that route, then basically uh, you you need to join the Canadian Armed Forces. So um, right. I gave I gave school a shot. It didn't quite work out. So I, I joined the military and. Uh, as a combat engineer. Um, and, you know, at 20 years old, I found myself after I was done training in Africa, uh, 24 years old, I found myself in Haiti, 25, I was in Pakistan, 26, I was in Afghanistan, 27 years old, I was back in Afghanistan again. And at 30 years old, I had my own section of men in Haiti, uh, for the last time. So I did six deployments in a, in a 10 year period. And, um, you know, let, kind of left the family behind and bought into the whole fight for your country kind of thing. Um, and that led me, you know, it was a lot of fun. I did a lot of cool things in the military, a lot of good people. Um, but I got chewed up and spit out when I wasn't functioning at my highest. Um, by the organization, what they call, I don't know, like, uh, you know, systematic racism sort of. It's something like this, or if you're not a well-oiled machine and you're just a spare part at the end of the day, they have to keep going. So that's what happens, and you're not quite prepared for that. After going to Afghanistan, and it's just an absolute mess, and it was very chaotic over there. Um, exactly what you sign up to do, I guess, is you know be a soldier and, and fight the fight, but just not quite prepared to see everything we've seen. And um, So when you come back with this thing called PTSD, call it what you want, a mental health illness. You know, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Um, I never smoked cannabis. I never did drugs. I didn't do any of this. I was a very straight and narrow uh, kind of guy. So um, when they said take nine pills a day at the end of my career because I couldn't function, well, I took nine pills a day for three years. And uh, it damn near killed me um, because I was already drinking too much. And when you mix that together, it's it's real real recipe for disaster. So I found myself in a bit of a pickle. Everything I fought for and, and worked for just kicked me out of this organization and said, "Here, take all these pills. We're gonna that'll get you better." Um, 
and it didn't. So they released me medically from the Canadian Armed Forces in 2012 um, and said, here's a 90-day prescription. Good luck. Uh, and that was a hard one to swallow, right? I mean, I lost a few friends in Afghanistan and, you know, I've been to 15 funerals since getting back from Afghanistan, the guys that, that made it home and then took their lives. So it's it was a hard pill to swallow that the organization did that. Um, and whatever, I, I understand that a military has to function and has to fight wars and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, after trying treatment and inpatient care, um, you know, in 2012, when I was released, uh, I started using medical cannabis uh, or cannabis, let's just say, and um, it changed my life. I haven't taken a single pharmaceutical in nine, 10 years. And I've learned, uh, let, let me tell you, it's been quite ex- experimental learning uh, <laughs> because I never, I never used it before. And then when I, when I did for the first time, you know, I was so relaxed i never felt like that in years and uh, that kind of relaxing feeling so i kept smoking until i actually puke they call it greening <laughs> oh out uh, but i i couldn't literally you know, i wanted more out. I, I, I literally greened out my first uh, you know real go real go at it and uh, the next day i'm like i need to get some more of that and uh, two years later after exploring you know I uh, was released and my hair grew long and I grew a beard and I went to festivals and I'm wearing tie-dye now and this is all weird and but good it feels good the vibration feels good yes peace and love um, peace and love <laughs> right and I did that kind of thing till I'm like okay I got to get a grip here and, and do something and I uh, opened up a company called marijuana for trauma and subsequently opened 14 clinics across Canada and registered over 2,000 veteran patients and got them connected to a doctor and got our government to pay for our medicine. So we pioneered that back in 2013, 14, 15. And, you know, now there's clinics across the country. You can get a prescription from your own home. But back in the day, I used to have to carry the files down to the mail and mail them out to get to the facility to check it all. And if you made one mistake, they sent it all back. It was two months after you seen the doctor before you even got approved. You know, now there's clinics across the country. You can get a prescription from your own home. But back in the day, I used to have to carry the files down to the mail and mail them out to get to the facility to check it all. And if you made one mistake, they sent it all back. It was two months after you seen the doctor before you even got approved. Now it's 24 to 48 hours, right? It's very, it's very awesome that there's access. And I, my heart really cries for my friend's in the United States. I've been down to a few uh, veteran programs down there in Florida and California and the balanced veteran and the Santa Cruz veteran Alliance and, uh, you know, wounded warriors and stuff. Um, those guys are in, in trouble. They're, they're in serious trouble. I mean, until our program opened up and not our, just cannabis opened up in Canada this way, then our numbers started to come down a bit. It was chaotic for us too, but you know, it, there's 6,000 a year taking their life in, in the United States. There's you know, almost 22 a day uh, and they don't have access to this beautiful plant now, which will lead us on to the first point and the science of trauma is trauma and how and why does this plant actually work for trauma? People don't understand that. And, and the research is here, the literature is here and it's from uh, NYU medical center, Dr. Neumeister. And there's actual receptor deficiency in my brain 
there's a drop in anandamide in Sanskrit. The Sanskrit word ananda means bliss and delight. There's a drop in my bliss and delight, and that's trauma. And then when I smoke my cannabis, they heat it up to a certain temperature. It passes the blood-brain barrier and levels out those receptors to what a normal brain looks like. Mind you, it's a Band-Aid and it's temporary, but that's the first time we say we feel normal versus a handful of pills saying we feel like a zombie. And that's, that's what's going on as, as you know, easy as I can explain it without getting into all the receptors and what's happening. Um, there's some science there and I can say, just go look it up, right? And I'm not a doctor, I'm the patient that's telling the doctor, I feel good now. I don't know why, and now I know why. And that's just one part of treating the symptom of trauma. Then the real issue is that I have brainwave dysregulation. My left brain and right brain, my alpha, theta, beta brainwaves are not in order, just like my receptors are not in order. And now to get the brainwaves in order, you need to do things like neurofeedback and biofeedback. This is a cutting edge treatment. It's available. Um, and you also have to have a trusted therapist to do the root cause work of why your trauma still has a grip of you, why you're going on the same neural pathway over and over, driving yourself absolutely nuts. And, and there's a way to break that. Um, and the hard work and, and getting all that through that is with your trusted therapist, not your peer, because we're going to trigger each other talking about the battle over and over. It's with your therapist that you do that work. They're the professionals, uh, you know, when you go sideways. Um, so that's a little bit of why trauma's trauma. Because no matter if you went to war, you were abused, you witnessed an accident, so you, it doesn't matter when your brain receives trauma, you have a drop in anandamide and a brainwave dysregulation. And you require the right medicine, the right Band-Aid to allow you to absorb the therapy. On nine pills a day, I absorbed nothing from the therapist. I didn't even, I couldn't understand anything. I couldn't feel. My penis didn't work for two years of my life at age 31. I mean, I'm 41 now, but for two years, that was an embarrassing thing to go through. I have to be like, you know, give me something, man. Uh, I, I don't know what's wrong. And, uh, you know, it's, any wonder guys' divorces happen and they avoid their wives. None, a lot of the guys don't want to say that their penis isn't working from all the pharmaceuticals they're on. It's a real thing, guys. Like, that's a real thing. I have hundreds of friends with the same issue. So you and, find that uh, that's a pretty common thing? Coming it's an that? absolute common when you're on two milligrams of clonazepam and 375 milligrams of Effexor. That's an SSRI and a benzo. When you're on the max doses, your shit don't work. That that's simple. what I wanted to ask you, what, what they put you on leaving the military. Right. Um, clonazepam, Effexor, Wellbutrin, Seroquel, Abilify, Trazodone. These are antipsychotics, antidepressants, sleeping pills. Um, at, at the max levels, they work you up to. And yes, you gain weight, you feel like a zombie, you don't really have any energy to do anything. And that's, that's not really living life. That's just existing. Um, and then you go to the therapist, but you're all fucked on these medications, pardon my language, but you can't get anything out of it. And you're not doing the, you're not repairing your fractured spirit. This is what's coming to the forefront is they're not understanding that we have fractured spirits. And how do I fix that? Uh, you know, through some land-based healing, yoga, meditation, this right plant medicine, the sacred experiences, uh, you can work on that fractured spirit. But that's, that's a lot of work. And it's a lot of time. Uh, it's not a 90-day prescription and go see the doctor. It doesn't work. They really just gave you 90 days and said, 
have a great. That's the contract that Canadian Armed Forces has with the VA. They hand you over and say, here's a 90 day prescription. Go to the nearest, what they call operational stress, stress injury clinic. And there's a bunch across the country. But you go to that clinic and they're pushing pharma and they don't understand plant medicine and uh, you know it's it's difficult treatment and uh, I'm, i move towards what feels good i don't listen i don't care how many letters are behind your name for being a doctor um and as a pam and a fexer did, did not help me whatsoever with trauma and the, the plant has saved my life and thousands of other other veterans here in canada and I know in the States, I just know that they have the trouble with the access right now and yeah. coverage and uh, getting it paid for. Well, and when you discovered cannabis and how it made you feel completely different, was that a tough mm. message to, to spread? <laughs> it was, it was so tough that, you know, for the last year and a half of my military career, I started using the cannabis. So I'm still technically a sergeant in the Canadian armed forces but I'm told to stay at home because I'm too messed up. And so for a year and a half, I stayed at home and used cannabis with a few of my friends that were also military. And we hid in our house (laughs) and used this and didn't want to stink and had to save roaches and we're running out and it's hit or miss on what strain you can get from your buddy. And, you know, it's not reliable. It's not consistent. The quality isn't always there. So that's not really medicine. That's the hit and miss, right? And sometimes I get relief, sometimes I don't. Um, so that led to, uh, when the regulations changed to digging in deep and realizing that if a doctor prescribes me medical marijuana, that the veteran affairs Canada has to pay for that as well as they had to pay for the pharmaceuticals. So it opened up a whole new opportunity for access. Uh, And that quickly went like wildfire, as you could imagine, uh, so now I can use CBD for my pain. I can use an oral ingestion of indica for my sleep. I can use uh, vape CBD for my anxiety. I can vape THC for my trauma. Like I can really use creams for any cuts. This is really a, a multi-purpose medicine that is planned. Uh, I don't see the harm. Uh, a lot of the naysayers are uh, just, just miseducated is all. Actually not... Uh, was in the plant medicine but was it when you were kind of like trying to scavenge for whatever you could get and it was still illegal mm. that you came up with the yeah. no listen listen i was it so i got kicked out of this military housing i'm released now completely i got nowhere to live so my best friend says you can live in my house i'm i'm out of here i'm moving back to a different state different province and uh so i live in his house and i'm with my three buddies best friends and like guys why don't we own, open up a, com- a company called Marijuana for Trauma? We're all here with trauma. We're all using it. And they thought I was absolutely crazy. And not one of them wanted anything to do with it. They're happy just being in the background and enjoying the, the medicine. And, and that's fine. That wasn't my, wasn't my journey or wasn't their journey. So I went off and uh, started on my own. Got a little tiny investment, incorporated the company. Have no experience in business whatsoever. Uh, I have grade 12 education, uh, but I have a lot of life experience and uh, that served me, served me well. Um, and went on to turn that into a multi-million dollar company, donated all my ownership to start uh, a nonprofit to do other work, pillar three work, um, aftercare retreat, land-based healing work that 
the government doesn't pay for. They pay for the medicine and they pay for the treatment, but they don't pay for the land-based healing like yoga and meditation, sound bowl healing, horse therapy, this kind of stuff. So we use that opportunity to try to fund some of these uh, activities. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, and then. And that's the work you do with Gaff House, correct? Yeah, that's the work with Gaff. So that, that Gaff in the military, um, if you ask a Canadian soldier, what, what does Gaff mean in the military? It, it means when you're doing a task, you're supposed to have a high Gaff. It's the give a fuck factor. And, <laughs> and again, pardon my language, but, you know, so we re- repurposed that name knowing what soldiers will relate it to and called it the Global Alliance Foundation Fund. And that's where we donated our ownership to. So it, it, you know, there's four pillars uh, in the GAF and they were developed through the start of marijuana for trauma. So initially um, our problem was access to medical cannabis. And that's what marijuana for trauma was about. Now there's access everywhere. So that's kind of like a check in the box. That's pillar one. You need to get on the right medicine to treat the symptoms of trauma. And it takes about a year to learn how to use it properly. You need a cannabis coach. You need someone helping you along, a peer. Yeah, what is the system? So starting off, like there's a rule of thumb when you use cannabis. And if you're a new patient, it's low and slow. It's that simple. You don't give somebody what I'm using today. You, They will be on the couch and on another planet and it won't be fun. It really won't be be fun. It could be fun (laughs) if you're uh, adventurous and courageous courageous (laughs) and saying, show me something. Yes, that would be fun. Um, but typically you check sensitivity to cannabis. So you start low and slow, maybe with like half CBD, half THC, um, yeah. maybe 10, 10% range type thing. Um, just, to, you know, for a little few days to check it out. But, um, typically a PTSD a patient moves towards the indica dominant strains and more so the mere high myrcene terpene. So it's the sedative terpene in the plant it's called myrcene um you know the the bubba kush pink kush rockstar these strains uh they really slow down the the system because trauma zero to ten and then we can't focus in your tunnel vision and you're like ah and it's like calm you down and you forget for for a few minutes here you're but this is good this is what you need. Yeah, less manic, I suppose. Well, it's it's to a po- point where they have to use it on a on a daily prolonged basis every, you know, two to four hours till a point where your cannabinoid levels are up and you're not impaired anymore because you're impaired in the beginning. You're a little all in the fog and whatever. I'm not impaired when I use my medicine. I need it to stop the onset of a trigger getting me from the side when I go out into the city. I need to medicate before I leave my home, not wait till I get triggered and then medicate. That's backwards. So to preventative dose, you need to use it and have it on you. You need your either your little vape pen or you need to have a joint or your vaporizer when you leave your safe place. Uh, you need to practice your tools and therapy when you're out and about, but we can't, we don't know when we're going to get triggered or what's going to trigger us. And a loud bang in the side of the road, next thing you know, you can't think straight. Um, so... That's how it needs to be used, really. I mean, we can get into the pain and the sleep issues and the anxiety and stuff, and it's used differently for each condition. But um, for trauma, you need a high myrcene terpene indica strain, like Kush. Um, 
because sativa can often cause anxiety. Sativa is good. It's uplifting. Someone who's not, not, doesn't have anxiety, um, but it can often cause me to go a little bit too, too much. Um, yeah. Um, so that's how it needs to be used, really. I'm reading a, um, a book about sleep right now, actually, and it talks about how kind of REM sleep is essential for our minds because it, yeah. it shuts down the norepinephrine, which is the anxiety chemical, right? So, right. but it also takes us back through our memories, but it said it, it actually talked a little bit about PTSD in the book and how a lot of people that have it struggle even their brains can't calm themselves down enough to even get to REM. So those, right. that's what the, the trauma and the, it can't reprocess without the, the terrible feelings behind it. How has it, <clears throat> cannabis helped with your sleep? That's a, that's a great explanation. And it's a real thing with trauma. You're almost like an alligator in the bed uh, all night long. You don't get to that fourth level and deep REM you're always maybe you might get an hour solid if you're lucky. Um, but with the cannabis, again, the sedative, it's better than trazodone. I'm taking the sleeping pills and I've tried the indica oil and you just need to find the right dose. So you don't take too much indica oil and you're like a little bit sluggish in the morning, maybe, but eventually you'll find the right dose and you will sleep like uh, four, six, eight hours of uninterrupted sleep it's a real thing and people will cry uh, people cry after they use medical cannabis and say they, they've never slept in years and it's like they mean they did this for years like and never reached that deep level and so this is a beautiful thing that's happened it's a beautiful thing yeah. <laughs> that's what mac miller would say yeah. you love it yeah. Yeah. you weren't getting proper sleep until cannabis post military Correct. Correct. Yeah. So what were your days like? Um, bef- like, I know you were prescribed the 90 days, um, but when that ran out, was it right. like, what was that transition time like and what, what was going on? Uh, it was a bad time. It was a real bad time. I, I just went through a real bad divorce. I had absolutely no money whatsoever. Um, you know, I ruined a bunch of friendships. I ruined my reputation. Uh, I terrorized a bunch of people full of trauma and uh, it left me a little bit of a lonely, vulnerable position um, where you need to fucking dig deep or you're, or you're out. And yeah. it's one of those things. I, I luckily have two beautiful children that I, I feel were my lifeline next to cannabis and they're tattooed on my forearm here, their faces. But um, you know, those kids were my lifeline um, and, and kept me going quite a bit um, in the early in the early days now when I got my feet under me and I got my uh, pension sorted out and my finances sorted out and breathing room and I my yoga practice was on at, at its best um, that's when I was communicating with the universe um, that's when I started communicating I read uh, quite a few books in spirituality uh, starting with the secret and I actually wrote to the secret online and they sent me a handwritten book back, a postcard handwritten, uh, posted the story on their website and stuff. Um, and then I, then I started believing in manifestation. I didn't really know what any of this shit was. And, um, 
I really didn't, you know, like the soldier doesn't know that stuff. Right. That's not even your your world. No, it's not even. I have a yoga tattoo from here to here. Like it's, uh, it it too was uh, a a practice that kept me focused. Um, You know, it's like doing your PT in the morning. Well, you need to do your meditation and your, or your exercise in the morning when you're in the military. Um, Doing your yoga and meditation is similar to that. You need to treat what's working for you. You need to do more of that. And it's not so much running with a bunch of guys on the pavement. It's meditating and going inward a little bit and, uh, you know, maybe doing some stretching and stuff. Was that scary Um, for you to start doing that, going inward? I was overweight. It was, so you hit the bottom. I got nothing. I got got nothing to lose and I got nothing. So I I, um, go into a yoga studio, uh, way overweight, just just getting off of all these pharmaceuticals and um you know they as as yogis do they're like come on in with their arms open and like you want to learn yoga and i'm like okay this is the this is the first good feeling i've had in a long time and uh you know they're non-judgmental type people and and quickly within six months i was standing upside down on my head doing inversions in very difficult places because i was getting that adrenaline rush i needed I've learned how to do inversions and the scorpion and, you know, quickly progressed in, in, in my practice. And, uh, that helped me. And that was leading up to before I opened marijuana for trauma, because once I did that, that took every hour, every minute of my day and night. Um, but before that I was finding myself who, who the fuck, who is Fabian Henry? Because before that I was a soldier and I was married and this and that, and that's who I was. But, and I was with the same person since I was 15 years old. So when you get to 31 and you're like, who am I now? And I don't want to be that. So that, those are hard questions to answer. Um, yeah, that's not I have great parents. By any means. No, and I've had support. Like I've had, I have beautiful parents and um, that really helped me through all that and put up with all my trauma and still love me some for some reason. It's a parent's um, job, right? It's a parent's job. I, I get it. I get it now. But at the time, it's like, wow, uh, they must really care. But I uh, had good support that way. Um, I, I have the most beautiful partner now in, of life. I have my life partner, I say. This is uh, um, what I manifested to a T. And I literally mean to a T. Like, I, I asked the universe when I was on uh, psilocybin, doing one of my uh, treatments for myself. And I manifested literally my partner today and I wanted somebody. And I said to the universe to love me so much that I want to puke. <laughs> and she does, she just did it today. Yeah. And she does it over now and again. And it's like, she's like, I'm going to drive you nuts your whole life. And I'm like, no, you're not. It's like, I, oh I do. It. Yeah. We were hoping we'd get a guest appearance. Yeah. Her ears were yeah. ringing. Yeah. So she she's she's a beautiful human being, and uh, yeah, you know I, I met a lot of people and and bumped into a lot of energies out there, and I've learned about holding space as well and being a sitter for people using medicines and um, you know being a good human being and some of this and. She's all of that. So uh, we all have our things, every human, you know, we all have our stuff. You know, when you hear her laugh from the <laughs> distance, you're like, your heart lights up when you hear her laugh. Oh. It's crazy. Yeah. Everybody's, not just mine. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. did you guys meet? 
uh, through she was teaching yeah she was teaching yoga to our our tribe our marijuana for trauma tribe at the time uh, back in 2015 and 16 um, and that's how we initially first met and she wasn't on the market at the time um, <laughs> and yeah it wasn't too long after I did find out she was like I, I was single for a long time because I, like I said, it consumed every minute of my day. And mm-hmm. I just for two straight years, I was not miserable, but people said that I was miserable. I wasn't, but I looked I like I was. Yeah, I was, yeah, I wasn't enjoying anything <laughs> I else. I was just, just doing <laughs> yeah. that, right? And, um, and then when you just know you're, you're asking for love, you're open to it, you're willing to go for it. And then when that opportunity came in front of me, I didn't wait. And, uh, you know, we went for it and uh, I love that so much. like almost five years yeah and yeah she's a master at her craft and uh, I try to serve veterans it make it fills my heart uh, to help veterans and together we're a great team and uh, I got a couple great kids and you know life's good she's a great stepmom and how are yeah. some ways that she helps your healing oh lots of ways um you know she basically does everything. I, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I, I put all my finances, all my life, all my reminders are in Julianne's hand. She's the caretaker. She's actually my caregiver um, on paper and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, runs a bath once in a while when she thinks I need to take a bath or um, tells me we need to, you know, do some yoga or, you know, schedules a sound healing session. Uh, Thursday night here uh, with her friend to have an intimate time to, to heal just on her own. And she, she knows that it is in her intuition is, is, is very uh, good. And she just knows these things, you know, you know, these people who know these things and mm-hmm. I'm sure you know them. And uh, she's one of she, my favorite people to talk to. I feel like her she's and I one of them. Amazing. I'm happy for you that you have her, that you have each other. Yeah. I guess you're a great partner. Well, before, yeah, she first kind of glimpse was, you know, she was hosting an event, at a, t- a talk, an event show, and had me as a guest speaker. And I wasn't, uh, it was the first time she's like, the next person I'm speaking, if I could describe him, I, I would say he's the male version of me. And I'm sitting next to her partner at the time. Who's like, <laughs> I don't know why she didn't ask me to talk. She didn't say that about me. There's your first Anyways, warning sign, it was buddy. A little awkward. I was like, you know, not awkward, but I was just like, okay. Well, that's a nice thing to say, right? And I was like, I'll take that one. Yeah. That's a nice thing to say. Because, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed Julianne's yoga practice and her teachings. And, you know, she does more than that. I didn't know, but Reiki and mm-hmm. um, readings and other things. And uh, she can call fucking bullshit and call a spade a spade very, very easily. Um, yeah, Everybody stuff a like that. Bit of that. <laughs> Everybody, well, you know, we all need to be held accountable for, yes. for, for <laughs> right. That's right. and that's that's okay. It's a, yeah. How has it been merging your two worlds to help um, heal other veterans? Like, what has been the highlight of that for you, or what are some good moments hmm. you you've had? You know, the highlights. Holy shit! Well, there's <laughs> there's two there's there's <laughs> literally literally too many but I, I didn't quite 
manage the company, let's say like a, like a boss, like a business. I, I took 17 veterans to Jamaica to a cannabis cup and I paid for it. I took seven veterans to Colorado to the first cannabis cup in 2014. And we were judges in the Indica division. And I took a doctor with me and I paid for all of that. I've hosted retreats. I've went to Seattle with vets and doctors. And I've used all the, the money for good to get this message out there, um, which most people are doing it to put it in their pocket or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the the highlights are every in the early days, every story somebody was saying either you saved my life or the spouse was saying, thank you for my husband back. The children saying, thank you for my dad back. And, you know, great graciously accepting on behalf of the plant because it's the plant doing the work, you know, when it touches you, uh, but making the connection for them and the education is what, mm-hmm. what really keeps me going is I get messages all the time. Uh, uh, you know, that keeps me going. I, I'm still able to change someone's life by just simply helping them with paperwork, putting things in order and telling them to do step one, step two, step three, and call me back when you're done step one. And we'll yeah. on to the, yeah. you know, so go do something. Don't just cry for help. I'll give you some steps and connections and I can get you on the medicine. I can get you a trusted therapist and, and you need to go do some work now. And mm-hmm. call me when it's going a little bit weird, that kind of thing. So that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that fires me up. And, um, you know, a lot of our energy is focusing towards our future, where we really want to lay our heads and live and work is in pillar three, doing wellness retreats, land-based healing, yoga, meditation, horses, hiking, uh, all, all the good things that uh, really repair the spirit and allow the creative individual to find which one they like and, and connects to them yeah. and having more options for the individual to see what they really like. And mm-hmm. then being vulnerable and going towards that, who cares what it is, if it's dancing or painting, it doesn't matter. It's, it's quite okay. You know, can we talk um, a little bit about the four pillars? Yeah, sure. We talked um, a little bit about the first one, I think. The- yeah. Pillar one is, yeah, that's being on the right medicine retreat your symptoms and you can't treat trauma symptoms on pharmaceuticals properly. So that's pillar one is getting access to the medical cannabis, getting educated and having our federal government pay for it. That's what's, what's available. And it takes, you know, a good year to figure it all out and get comfortable. So when you're there, you're, you're either at the same time or moving into finding a trusted therapist, which sometimes is hard, hard to find. Um, and we have a few we recommend that our guys say they love and, and their therapist's awesome. So the next step is to, is to get connected to them and start doing the root cause work. Why do you have trauma? Why can't you get past it type of stuff? Mm-hmm. And that's between you and therapist, you and doctor. That's not, that's not us. That's, that's subbed out to them. We're not doctors and we're not the medical professionals. Right. Yeah. No, that's beautiful though, that you're, you're literally the guardrails to kind of show, to show, but you're right. not supposed to interfere and, and do it all. And this is holding people accountable. You want to get better. You're coming for answers. Then this is what you, the steps you need to take and go do the work and you will feel better. And then you'll be asking more questions and more questions. Um, and then we help get their finances sort out through and doing the veteran affairs paperwork, which really drives people to the woods. They don't want to do the paperwork. They get denied once and they're just blown out of the rails and they're gone. Uh, so you just need to caretake for them a little bit on that. 
Um, and that's just paperwork. It just takes some time and lining it up and it's not that bad. So pillar pillar one's one's over there. And then pillar two is now going to the therapist or doing it online. And that's, a, I've been nine years straight. Uh, there's no dead, there's no timeline because there's no cure for trauma. If you had the cure, you'd be the richest person in the planet, yeah. I'm sure. It, there's no cure for trauma. So we always got to stay uh, connected to that therapist to stay focused. Um, it goes instead of way up and way down, we just go up and down, up and down. And yeah. that, work, that, that works. You manage it. You learn the tools to manage yeah. it. And then onto the funnest one is pillar three. Now, this is where there's room for massive expansion in options and opportunity. Now, guys start saying they feel better. They come to a retreat and they're connected to their 15 to 20 guys that have the same injury. They have a fire. They do a hike together. They cook food together. They laugh together. Uh, you know, we go to the waterfall. We go swimming together. We fish together. We go down and feed the horses. We bale the hay. We, we, you know, do small party task type things uh, just to feel like you did something together um, mm -hmm. or just relax and, and listen to music and stuff like this uh, and play music. A lot of guys play guitars and instruments. So, so having all of that in an, in a uh, naturist environment, we have a 130 acre off the grid property uh, with lots of trails and its own waterfall and all this stuff um, that that's really safe and secure. There's no cars coming in and out. There's no people coming in and out. And there's a you can see for a long distance and it's very safe. It's just your guys. And we're really holding space, Julianne and I, for, for these guys to, you know, do their thing. Often they leave or often they start to get creative and want to go do some woodworking or do some mechanics or take an art class or sign up for Julianne's yoga class. And then we can push them off to other groups that are doing these kind of things. There's there's veteran groups doing wonderful things everywhere. So it's about then okay, connecting them to what they're interested in doing. And you know, they're kind of at that point. I've witnessed people that came in the early days who were a mess, a hot mess, uh, no idea what to do, and and really a ten on on the top level of PTSD. To now opening up their own companies and thriving. And and like wife thriving, family thriving, business thriving when just a few short years ago, hot mess, ready to, you know, be done with be done with it all. So that is pillar four. And that's when somebody finds purpose. So through all of this, through feeling better, through exploring and being vulnerable and dancing awkwardly and doing, oh, I like doing this now. Now you get open to trying things. And once you get creative and find it look out when they put it all together because trauma becomes an accelerant to growth and you mm -hmm. watch the person go from this and then they get it figured out and you got the medicine figured got my therapist bam they go this way and you barely hear from them ever again um and that's a good sign to me yeah not, yeah. not, not yeah. that's a good sign to me that i'm not hearing from you every day yeah, you're not looking for repeat customers. <laughs> not looking for repeat customers. There, there's there's so many in, there's so many in Canada. I can't serve the amount of people that are looking for help in in my lifetime. Right. Like just in Canada, let alone the states, having you know 1.2 million in Florida alone. So yeah. you need a model that's sustainable and workable, um, and that's why 
we need the American VA to adopt the Canadian VA policies. Yeah. It would mm -hmm. be mind-blowing. It would save so many lives. You'd see that statistic drop way down from 6,000 a year to maybe 1,000 a year, and you would save a bunch of money on paying for pharmaceuticals. Have you been um, able to have any of those conversations? So I, this is a lot, that would be a, a lot, a lot of energy, a lot of, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I already did this in Canada and I don't you're not a repeat customer. We no, get it. I'm, I'm willing to hand the package over to the warrior in the Where States who can push this. <laughs> right. So, you know, the guy out there who wants the model to go to Congress and be like, hey, why do the Canadian soldiers get their cannabis paid for? We get junk. We don't get nothing. Mm -hmm. Embarrass them a little bit. Like, why are mm -hmm. we any better than them? We're not. We fought along, alongside of each other in mm -hmm. Afghanistan. They deserve the same relief we're getting, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and we got the data and we got the clients and patients to, to, you know, validate what we're saying. How many retreats so, have you guys held? Uh, in the last two years, like five or six retreats. It's, yeah. it's a lot of energy and it's mm -hmm. uh, mostly Julianne and I planning a few others, but then you got to bring people in that do their specialty. And it's um, like a week at a time or so? Yeah, they've, they've been four to five days. Like the next one planned is in June. I have a songwriting camp. This is a pilot project because I went to Colorado with songwriters, uh, soldiers for songwriters and um, had an amazing experience. It got my story out. It got turned into a song. Um, great experience. And then you don't got to tell your story anymore. You can kind of just press play. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. You know, so, yeah. This, you want to hear it? Just press move on to the next thing you got to do. Right, yeah. right. So we're going to pilot one of those here. We have a songwriter. He's going to record professionally. We're bringing in some veterans. Um, they've already been through Pillar 1 and 2, so we're not babysitting. Therapist is like, yeah, they're good to go. Um, and we'll do some other wellness. So we're not just doing songwriting. We're adding wellness care program, which was miss so a little bit missing. Um, mm -hmm. And doing sound healing and yoga and beach walks and hiking and you know food healing and stuff like this making it, it available oh, yeah. so amazing yeah. yeah yeah was it through your own experience that you created the four pillars like how did you discover what actually works right through getting through getting people too high for one <laughs> uh you know, I literally, I, I had people calling like they were on another planet. They were calling from their bathroom with the door locked and like, oh, my God, I just used the pink cushion. I don't know where I'm at. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and it's scary. It really, and, you know, I, I'm not laughing and I'm not laughing at the pain. I'm laughing at this meta, this medicine. It really. I feel like everybody right. does have to learn kind of where their limit is the hard way <laughs> in terms of that. It, Oh, then you know. Then at least exactly. you know where, where exactly. not to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, take too many edibles and like, okay, I'm not doing that one. And, yeah. Uh, We've been there. <laughs> right, right, right. A lot. Yes. Uh, I, I got a funny story with that this past summer. <laughs> but anyways, the, the pillars got uh, developed over experience, starting with just access. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh, oh, shit, we found out about neurofeedback and doing this therapy with these clinics and these psychologists. So now it's okay. Now we need cannabis and this therapy. And then it's like, well, what about yoga? Why don't you pay for yoga? Why isn't everybody's liking yoga and art therapy and music therapy? So pillar four got developed, but there's no funding for it. And everybody mm -hmm. wants it, but 
you know, the guys need it paid for. They're, they need, they don't make a ton of money. Right. Um, so we've tried to fund all those scenarios the best we can. And we're still pushing and, and prodding and eventually hoping that somehow the VA will pay for these type of activities as well. Um, and then we got a real complete model because at the other end in pillar four, we're putting out videos and stories of people, just success, success, success uh, that come through. Um, and that can't be denied and, and it should be looked at and, you know, take a deeper dive into it. And, you know, there's room to be maneuver here and fix it and build it. It's just a basic guide, a basic foundation to follow. If you're, if you're a mess and you don't know what to do next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the energy yeah. to, to look into it either when you're it's struggling. So, I, 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 I had, a, I had OCD true. about it all and, and I yeah. needed to know every little thing about it, why I feel good. I, and I needed to study it and I talked to New, Dr. Neumeister for four months from my kitchen uh, with the signature block CEO of Marijuana Trump. But I was just working from my kitchen for four months. He talked to me until he asked me for a business plan. And I was like, what's a business plan? <laughs> and his next email is $400 an hour to talk to me from now on. And wow. that was the last, that was the last I spoke to him, but listen, karma, karma bit that guy in the ass. He went, he went to the UK and tried to do a clinical trials and ended up killing a human being. Um, Trent, Trying to trying to take the beautiful plant in its whole bud form, turn it into a capsule that would do the same thing, pass the blood brain barrier, give you receptor relief, and eh, eh, it doesn't work. We we need the entourage effect, and we need the whole flower. We don't need it broken down. But what is with these scientists encapsulating everything? It doesn't right. have to be a so, pill. <laughs> like, no, and this is well, this is them trying to um, standardize cannabis. And have the same thing come out all the time consistently, which is very difficult to do with this beautiful, magical plant. And it's not, I mean, just like regular medicine, it's going to do different things for different people. You cannot take, you cannot treat therapy, medicine, anything like that. It's it's individualized. Right. I mean, hence why we say go low and slow. It's individualized. Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly. We just know like categorically. But exactly is up, you up to you. <laughs> yeah, you can't get it out of you when you put the the edibles in you. You can't get it out. So yeah, I'll learn that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a we have a big, a big we have like a, a real big mountain you got to climb down to get to this waterfall. And there was a group of Middle Eastern young fellas that mm-hmm. there was eight of eight of them, and and one of eight took 120 milligrams and didn't tell any of his friends. And it was his first, and it was his first time using cannabis. So he climbs down oh. the mountain and there's the waterfall and it kicks in and he can't barely, he's wobbling and he called 911 on himself. And we're in the middle of the woods, way out in the bush. Like, and the, and oh, it, I found this kid at the top and he was like, he was screaming at the top of his lungs. I want to go home. I want to go home. <laughs> So I, I put him on our bike and got him water and held him there until the, the medics came. And then, you know, that, the, that, the, dude. <laughs> that was the funniest thing that happened all summer. So, that, you know, it was, it was, it can happen. You know, you, it's not to be messed with this, this plant can, she, she can bite you in the ass if you don't respect mm-hmm. her. And she's that, a female. Right. I completely agree. A lot of the, yeah. And a lot of the feminine medicines are like this. They will bite you if you abuse them or, or. Uh, you know, don't respect them. Uh, yeah. You can get funk. You can get in a funk smoking cannabis, and that's all you do. And that's not. That's not being aware. Yes. That's not yes. being grateful for the plant. Like that's 
That's a numbing agent at one point. It is, yeah, yeah right, right, right. So you got to be aware of that. And then, you know, like I said, there's other other medicines we're getting into and we've been into, but. Um, yeah, talk you know, to me a little bit about that. What um, What's going on with the psilocybin research and what you're finding and your experiences, <clears throat> wherever you want to go with it. Yeah, it's, it's in Canada, they're still doing the bare minimum. They're issuing a few Section 56 exemptions for people with, serious illness to to try it uh, and but we've been trying it i've been trying it before they said try it um people like terence mckenna a phd and his brother dennis these guys are the pioneers in psilocybin and ayahuasca and when you learn about holding space and you learn about non-ordinary states of consciousness through psychiatrists like stanislav Grof, read the book called holotropic mind and you learn that this is an ordinary state of consciousness. And on the medicines, you go to what's called a non-ordinary state of consciousness. And that's where the journey work happens. That's where the work happens. So when the medicine wears off and comes down, you write in your notebook what just happened. Uh, and what happened isn't in this state. Um, and depending on the dose and delivery and um, will depend setting. on. Yeah, this, the set setting dose and skill is the framework they use. And it's divided to set setting. You guys could probably be that. Julianne's a, a sitter. And the dose and skill is the shaman or the doctor. He knows how much to give. He knows where to get the source. It's totally safe if something goes wrong. But we're there to hold space, tell you what's going to happen and facilitate by having a most amazing uh, atmosphere when you show up. You come with intention, your altar item, and, and that's one way to do it. And that's treating blindfold vibrational music up um, and it's go time. And, and then afterwards we process and eat food and, and away you go mind blowing and follow up in a week and let's see how you still feel. Okay. So that's one way. The most that's treatment. And the most fun way is with your tribe, whoever it is, your trusted group for us, a, a small group of veterans or whatever to because you got to learn about dosing to, to take a, a half a gram or less is belly laughing. Now, if you sat at a table with eight people and cut, uh, you know, into 0.5 grams and took that in 40 minutes, you will all be laughing at the most stupidest thing that you don't know why you're laughing, but you feel a little bit and then it gets into this uh, laughter mode. And when it wears off, We've noticed that people say, I want a little bit more to get back to that laughter and that silly belly laughing. What a good, you know, space to be holding and be in um, and then come back to this and be, oh, I want to just go back a little bit. Terrence McKenna writes about taking five grams at one time, and that's a heroic dose. And just like REM sleep, there's four stages. There's four stages in the psilocybin where you skip over and you're into... Well, you know, planet 19, pretty much. And uh, <laughs> you need you need to have a little experience or it could be frightening. Uh, yeah. I know lots, lots of people have frightening experiences taking too much. And again, you can't get it out of you. Um, you're holding on to the carpet until it's over. And that's that's how it goes. So again, low and slow, set setting, dose and skill, uh, safety, informing the person as much as possible, and then delivering a small sensitive dose before you get into the fun. Um, that's how psilocybin has been used amongst our tribe of what I witnessed. Um, what are, what are some stories about how people have healed or you <laughs> yourself from using psilocybin? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, 
a story. It's a heart opener, medicine. You only need really one, two, three hundred milligrams, like 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3 of a gram every three or four days to open that heart up a bit and see the colors differently. Um, but I did witness um, some people curled up in a ball saying they want to go home. And I witnessed people face down saying, leave me alone. I don't know where I'm at. And I've witnessed, you know, people crying. And I witnessed people just absolutely gut busting laughing. Um, and I don't know what to say about all that. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm new into the experimenting and researching and figuring out just like with the cannabis. So, you know, I'm sure the doctors would have something to chime in on all that, but um, it just goes to show that healing isn't linear because like a face down, don't know where I'm at could be relief just as yep. a big, you know, gut busting belly laugh or a release of tears. Like healing is just so different for every single person and it could not be healing. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. That's no, the answer, but it, I don't know. It, it, it makes sense. It's healing. It, it's yeah. healing. Uh, okay. So well, I'm not beating around the bush and I'm not like uh, scared to tell anybody just like, I wasn't with the cannabis when we weren't allowed to have that either. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what feels good. And, and it is nice to get in touch with the universe when you learn about these manifesting things and you learn about communicating with your pineal gland, not your mouth. Uh, like when you learn that and then you can feel it and you see the trees moving and breathing and you can feel like you're part of the world and, and life. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's undeniable and you know for, for a one molecule fungus like psilocybin um, it has a place in healing um, you know it just that's sad I don't know I'm not uh, an expert uh, on psilocybin and I'm a patient right mm -hmm. so I can only speak from what I see what I've tried and I like to try things before I ever say anything I'm yeah gonna... no, the experience is where it's at for yeah, sure I, I don't well, I just think that a lot of skeptics are like soldiers or like nurses or like firefighters or like people that wear uniforms and buy into their organization. They are the skeptics. They're the hardest ones to convince because they believe what they're told, like that's gospel, whatever they're into, and might not be as exploratory as, you know, the vegan who's off-grid farming. He might be willing to try uh, psilocybin or, or uh, cannabis a little bit easier maybe because uh, he understands whole foods and plants and the body and um, a lot of us are just wearing a uniform and being rigid in life and trying to survive and you know it's it's already stressful just living today so mm -hmm. um, how do you put up with all that I wish we could crack the skull wide open and put a big heroic dose of psilocybin in there and then be like whoa i didn't know about this or even a little bit into a yoga meditation class and be like whoa i didn't know about this and you know because it, you can really work through some stuff without having to go to a hospital or right uh, go see a what, doctor or you can work through something what are some things that it has helped you work through specifically if you don't mind sharing yeah no i I don't mind sharing at all. Um, so being vulnerable um, at my worst, I cheated on my ex-wife. Uh, and that was the first guilt that, you know, I'm sorry for what I did. And I, I admitted to it a long time ago. And, you know, it, it was definitely fucking a bad time in my life. Um, and 
I carried a lot of guilt over that because I was with that same person for, I was 15. I didn't know any different. And um, so the, the psilocybin helped me work through some of that a and just being in touch with spirituality. Um, and that was my first bout because at the same time, it, it was helping me right after that work through um, the reason I have trauma uh, from Afghanistan, from Easter weekend, from Wednesday night at 930, from, you know, having to call a Blackhawk to land and pick up, you know, two of our dead buddies uh, is something you're not prepared for and to go through or witness. And I couldn't get over the guilt from that uh, event. And that shook me to the core where I almost lost my life. I I was driving down the highway doing 120 and I stopped in the middle of the highway and left my wife and kid in the vehicle and got out and started running up the highway the other way because I was about to drift the vehicle into the trees. Um, and, you know, there's a, there was a lot of things to work through like that. Uh, the trauma being the longest lasting uh, and then the guilt of making a, the biggest mistake in a relationship one could make. Um, but, uh, I've learned, and if you don't do the same mistakes over and over, this is how some people learn. And I'm one of those people. I can't go to university and study and reverb and do that. I can't do that. I need to make a mistake and not do it again. And that's how I <laughs> literally You're in good company. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay for my partner to do that or, or anybody to do this, have the mm -hmm. same leeway. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. That's where that's where it's all leading. Um, and my story. So we use the three three S's. I, I talked about a little bit. Um, my the story, science, and solution. My story is not much different than than thousands and hundreds of thousands of other soldiers that are suffering trauma from places like Afghanistan, Iraq. So what you're hearing is there could be ten thousand people behind me telling you the same story from all over the the country and that's that's a lot to take in and it's a lot a lot of a lot of feeling about the guys that don't have this ed information or access and uh, that hurts the heart once you know about it all um, so our story is no different and trauma is trauma like i said to a certain point when it comes to science uh, yeah um yeah the solution uh, is what we're trying to develop. Uh, you know, the science is what it is. Like I told you, pillar one, it's it's out there. Go read Dr. Neumeister's yeah. stuff. Pillar two, talk to your therapist. I'll tell you about neurofeedback. You know, and that's the science. I'm not the scientist. I'm the patient again. But the solution is somewhat in line with those four pillars we've created. Mm -hmm. It might be something else, but it's somewhat close to that. And that has room for expansion from all the professionals when they weigh in um, and people that have special skills. But it's at least groundwork because it doesn't exist anywhere in the world. There's nowhere in the world where the VA pays for you to be on medical cannabis and then pays you to go to the therapist and then retreats for you to go do land-based. It doesn't exist anywhere for that to happen. So, And we're seeing success. Uh, mm -hmm. That's how we're measuring our success. We don't hear back from you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so <laughs> yeah, it's, Check uh, their Facebook every once in a while. See that's what it. I mean, exactly. We do, we do a check-in. So we will put once a month or once a week up. We'll put out a check-in on our Veterans Feeling Facebook page. Uh, and 
where are you at? How are you doing? It's that simple. Yeah. Buddy check. Big picture. It says buddy check guy on the radio. And where are you at? How are you doing? And it's that simple and it means a lot. Yeah. Right. Really? And, uh, so yeah, that's the kind of stuff that we're, we're dedicated to doing. And it's what we do with our life. Um, when I don't have my children and have to focus on them, this is what we do with all of our time. It's truly amazing. What a legacy you're leaving. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah. I have purpose. I feel good. I have, you know, I feel needed. I feel loved. I feel blessed. I'm very grateful for where I'm at. And I too have lots of room for, for improvement and, and recovery. Um, but that's, that's it. Like I said, I'll just keep making little mistakes and fixing them and away we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are, um, just out of curiosity, what are the current, with cannabis being legal, what are the current laws in place for how the VA is helping veterans, like, basically sponsor their cannabis use? Yeah, so in the early days, it was it was a wild west, and it was chaotic, and there was not really a whole lot of regulations around it. They didn't really know what to do, other than they had to pay the bill. So they wrapped their heads around it, and now they pay for, so if I go see a doctor and I'm a new patient, They'll pay for up to three grams a day at eight fifty a gram. In three months' time, if that's not enough medicine, I need to see a specialist, not the doctor that I just seen, above him. So I need to see a psychiatrist, and she needs to write a second-level assessment that says Fabian needs five grams. He's running out on day 20 with three grams because now I need to use some for sleep, some for trauma, some for pain maybe. Um and then three months after that. So that's how it works. You have to go after three grams. You have to go to a specialist to get any more. Mm -hmm. You can get more. Uh, I, I personally don't mind sharing that I use 10 grams of cannabis a day. And I know that's like a handful like this. But I had a handful of pills too. And yeah. they didn't work. Yeah. And, and today, um, you know, my I, my heart, when I smell the, the pink kush and the bubble kushes, my heart lights up. My body feels better. My brain starts getting into a good mode until I use it. And I feel, I feel wonderful. I can, you know, I, I walked from, so speaking of this coverage, they did drop my 10 grams down to three when they did this, but I had to go back and get that letter and get bumped back up. At that time, I lost 70% of my medication. It was the only thing I had. So I got, a, I got my black Cadillacs on, which are my boots. And I walked from our clinic to our nation's capital over a thousand mi miles away, over 158 days. I put a walk through snowstorms all through Quebec into Ontario, right to our nation's capital, and then organized a, a rally right at Parliament Hill to say, if you take our medicine away on Monday, and this was on a Thursday, you're going to kill people. And they did. A few days later, after they took our medicine away, one of our clients, you know, killed himself. Uh, and this is a serious thing because we gave back all the other pills. We don't have anything else but this. Yeah. So mm -hmm. to, to pull it down and make us fight to get it back. And that was just playing with us a little bit. And, you know, they needed to have some regulations in there, but they didn't need to fuck with the ones that were already on what they right. needed. Right. And that's yeah. what they did. So that, that was a tough time three years ago. What um, made you want to do that? What made you said, I'm going to, I'm going to get to walk because well for one it just happened to be that there was a 158 day period from when they made the announcement to when they were going to pull the trigger it was like a little over five months 
And we lost 158 men and women to the total war in Afghanistan. So I used that 158, oh. 158 that died. And I did an awareness campaign and I walked and, you know, I had a support team and walked about 20 kilometers a day. I mean, about 15 miles a day until we got there and made some noise when we got there. Not one single representative came out to greet us. And it was over a couple hundred veterans, uh, you know, on our nation's capital. And, uh, they pulled the trigger and it is what it is. People suffered and now there's second level assessment and there's a process and new people don't understand that suffering because they're just going to go through the process. But there was a couple thousand that got caught in that window. So that's why I did it. And just to raise some awareness, that's it. I didn't charge. I paid for it myself. It didn't cost me Mm -hmm. anything to walk. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I listened to audiobooks the whole way. It's things like The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark yes, Hansen. Yes. I listened to it like four times. Yes, it's very layman terms. That'll get me walking great. 15 miles a day. Right, 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 right. right. No, it was great. And, uh, Walking Point by Lander Perry is a great one. And uh, 101 Ways to Transform Your Life by Dr. Wayne Dyer. So these, mm-hmm. these three audiobooks I listened over and over. And each day I walked, I uh, used uh, a little microdose of psilocybin so my my headspace was in a, a nice uh position listening to these yeah. audiobooks it, i'd stop in people's yards and just said i had these letters with uh, these bracelets veterans for healing rubber band bracelets so every house that had a canada flag flying in their yard i put an envelope with a letter saying what i was doing and a bracelet in their mailbox um so I had a backpack full of letters, a flag flying off the back of my pack, and uh, you know, took my medicine, put in my earpods, and and walked, and eventually got there. You know, it sounds very therapeutic too to know what you're walking for and to do it like. That. I wish I could do it again. I'm not. I'm not going to ever do it again. But uh, it was very amazing to take that time out of life and only have to do that. Only have to feed mm-hmm. yourself and wash yourself and walk and do it for a good reason and a good purpose. Like, you know, uh, lots of lots of reasons to keep walking. And there's a bunch of guys that would love to walk that aren't here anymore. So that's enough motivation for me. Yeah. Um, was there a moment that? when you were just like, not today? Or what have I done? Yeah, yeah it was minus 30. I had a guy in, in the province of Quebec, a French guy. I was on a bridge and he went and he came back the next day and he drove by me and did this because... Uh, I guess I was a little bit too close to the to the road for him, and uh, that that I had some bad energy feeling that that at that point, and we quick, quickly yeah, went down, quickly walked to the next town. Um, but it was tough getting through Quebec because it was the winter time, and it was like minus twenty, minus thirty degrees Celsius, um, and a lot of snow. So it was just the the elements to contend with. Uh, you had goggles on and masks on, and all bundled up and. You know, and then you're in that cocoon and that headspace, and it's like you're not even in this. You're you're out here. <laughs> it's, it's, just watching this is just place. moving yeah. along, and, and you're out here somewhere having fun. And, uh, that's how it works. You're like, wow, that right? guy's working hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not even in there right now. He's nobody yeah. Nobody's home. <laughs> oh shit! But it's it's a you know. I, I love exploring this side of life, the, the spirituality side. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was raised Catholic. I went to church and all that stuff, but it was, I never, ever got it. And 
when I had the chance to question it, uh, that was it for me. Uh, yeah. It wasn't mm-hmm. making any sense. And this makes sense because I'm seeing results. I'm, I'm doing the work and I'm seeing results. So I can witness, you know, when somebody says do all these and you do it and then you got results, that's great. But someone says go in the confession box and tell me your sins. You don't know what the hell he's, what did I do? Yeah. yeah. What's it going to do? It doesn't make sense. Right. And there's no result to it. I grew up Catholic too. Did that Catholic guilt come into play at all when you were first starting to you know, it, question and explore the two together? Or, yeah, because I, I questioned when I was in treatment for two months, inpatient care mm-hmm. in 2011. So that was the first time I said, can you bring somebody in and explain to me what spirituality is? Because they, they had the priest and, and I didn't want time. When I got back from treatment, that's to to where I live now, this the town I live in now, this is when I started uh first time I read a book called The Secret. This is the first time I learned about manifesting. I was watching every YouTube video of everybody that was in the book, and I knew Rhonda Byron, I knew all the people. I knew their stories. I'm like, how does this all work? And then I would manifest something, um something small to happen and wait for it to happen and when it would happen i would make a big deal about it that it actually oh that really fucking that's true and now big things happen and i don't make a deal at all about it because it's just the the universal laws at work when you believe with every fiber in your body until the final hour if you stop believing at the final hour it does not work it does if you doubt one second to the last minute it will not work and that's how, that's the universe when yes. you are. And that's what, you know, you don't quite understand when they're telling you that in these stories and books, but when you witness it and go from small things are big to big things are small. Now you understand what they're saying. Yeah. And, and trusting and the timing of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. I could talk to you forever. We have enjoyed yes, every Thank you so much. Um, to people in active military or just getting out, what is your message to them? Or do you have one? Yeah. Um, those that are serving, thank you for serving. Continue to do what you do. Those that are injured on their way out, um, just know that there are options. And as much as you are a warrior in your craft in the military, you can also be a spiritual warrior when you get out. And you should use your energies and talents in a good way and and explore things um, like plant medicine, whole food healing, land-based healing. Start there and uh, get connected with, uh, you know, we have egos when we're in these high-paced jobs and we're always looking out for a pat on the back. So the best Mm -hmm. advice is when you get out to look inward for the pat on the back and do the work there. And then that's like, that's where you'll start. If it feels vulnerable, go in that direction because that's where the healing is. That's beautiful. You're yeah. really changing lives, Fabian. And I, I mean, you don't need to hear it from me. I'm sure you see the result, but I, I think it's beautiful what you and Julian are doing. And it's, it's very inspiring. And so it's fun. You. If it ever stops not being fun, like, you know, I, I have fun doing this too. Um, yeah. There's a lot, we could talk for a long time, but yeah. we have a lot of fun. I got to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> we have an open invite to Canada when the dust settles with COVID. Uh, we'll we are take great it. hosts. And uh, <laughs> if you can get yourself here, then we can take care of the rest. Yeah. We'll be there. We'll be there. Thank you so much. Julian, our love, and, and yeah. be well. Thank you for everything that you're doing and for your service. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Megan.
Take care, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come be a part of the HTC community. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Have the Convo and click around on our links to find ways that you can get involved. And don't forget, all February long, you can join us at 8.15 a.m. on Thursdays for coffee and conversations on Instagram Live. Talk soon.